I'm Lippy. And I'm Grumpy. Together, we're Lippy and Grumpy do podcasting. In this episode, Burying the Cat Twice, Backseat Flyers, The Canadian-Danish War, Ace Rally Driver Hanu Mikola, and a Lippy Top Tip to Avoid. Now, Lippy, we've had a communique from a listener. A communique? A, a communique. Well, it wasn't really a letter. Well, it wasn't a letter and it wasn't an email. It was a voice file, which was very modern and up to date. That is a bit, isn't it? Yeah, with a story to do with dead cats. Oh, okay. But not that we've been discussing. So it's completely different. So oh. it's entitled Burying the Cat Twice. Okay. The letter writer who we should call Simon, because that is his name. So his, <laughs> his wife was uh, heavily pregnant, and he's on, on his way to work, and he gets his phone call, thinking that his wife was about to give birth, mm. answers the phone, to find uh, his wife in tears, saying Gibson, their cat, had been hit by a car and was dead, lying on the road. Okay. So he says, don't worry, I'll turn around, I'll come home and sort it out. So he returns home. Now, his wife was very, very pregnant and couldn't bend down to pick up the cat. So an elderly neighbour had scooped up the cat, put it in a blanket, wrapped it up, put it in a linen basket, I believe, transported it into their house. Okay. So Simon decides, I better just check that it's our cat first. Oh, yes, that's a good idea. Opens up the blanket. Now, I know from experience, a cat that's been run over Mm. is not cat-shaped anymore. It's really quite unpleasant. So... Quick look goes, oh, yeah, it's black and white cat, that's our cat. Decides best thing to do now is to go and dig a hole, bury the cat yeah. in the back garden. So off he goes, digs a hole, pops the cat in there. His wife standing around, filling up the earth. Stood there quite quite saddened by this, because it is a sudden shock when mm. that happens. We've had it. It's not, not, it's pleasant, not pleasant at all. Anyways, wife looks up the garden. Who should be coming down the garden? <laughs> Gibson, the cat. <laughs> He looked very happy with himself, trotted down the garden as if nothing had happened, which, as far as the cat's concerned, nothing has happened whatsoever. So what do you do when you've got somebody else's cat buried in your own garden? Simon docks around some of the houses in the, in the local street, and eventually, after a bit of searching, finds the owner. And uh, she said, yeah, I have a black and white cat, and it's not been home. So they decide to leave it for a couple of days to see if the cat returns. A couple of days later, th- there's no sign of, of this other cat. So they assume that, that the, cat the cat that's buried in Simon's back garden is, in fact, this lady's cat. Simon contacts her again and says, well, what do you, do you, this is obviously your cat. What do you want to do? She says, well, I want it back. Sorry? <laughs> yeah, I'd like the cat back, please. I'd like to bury it in my garden. And so I was like, oh, OK. So anyway, so Saturday morning, he gets a shovel out, re-exhumes the cat... Which is still in the blanket, fortunately. They've so he pops it back in the. Well, it's only a couple of days. Only a couple of days. Okay. So he said it was very stiff at this point, which you'd mm. understand, but obviously it hasn't started decomposing too much. So he pops it in the linen basket again, walks around, bangs on the door, and the lady's five year old son opens the door and is very inquisitive about what is in the basket. So the lady shoes him, son out of the way, has a quick look at the cat, confirms it's hers, but as we know, that could be wrong. Mm. turns out it wasn't so anyway so someone said what are you going to do with it and the lady was on her own she said oh my brother's going to come around this evening and and or tomorrow and bury it for me so someone says well why don't i do that for you so he leaves the cat walks back home again picks up his shovel goes back digs another hole buries the cat for a second time Mm. 
Anyway, so several weeks later, and his wife has given birth by this point, he's walking past uh, Jeweler's window, and there's a little statue, one of these little sort of whimsical statues of a cat stood next to a spade. (laughs) So he's bought it, and uh, it's stood in his conservatory ever since. That's so funny. Reminder, perhaps not to bury the cat straight away. triple checking. (laughs) Triple check before you bury the cat. When I started... Uh, reading that story, I was slightly concerned that they buried one cat and then, and then Gibson himself got run over again. Yeah. So actually, at least it was the bad. same cat that got buried. It was only, twice. Yeah, only one dead one, cat. One, one um, dead cat, well, two burials. <laughs> yeah. So thank you for that. So I mean, that, that's that's a great awesome. story. And if you, if you've got any stories like that, please do send them in uh, by any means possible. So uh, voice message, and email it, or send mm. it via <laughs> social media, whatever you like. We'd always be pleased to read them. Always. And hope, always, because it, it makes us smile. I've still got, I'm like, in my head, I'm thinking if someone called me and told me that they had buried my cat, I'd probably be like, unless it, unless it's causing them a nuisance having this cat buried in their garden, they can have it in their garden. I, I can, I can I understand can, yeah, that, actually. But burying, unburying it. Yes, It's all bad the, for the digging back up part. <laughs> yeah, that's not going to be pleasant. I mean, fortunately, it was in a towel. So it wasn't yeah. as if you have this. It probably wasn't very it. deep either. I don't know. No, there was a whole lot of information on the internet about how dig a deeper hole you should dig mm, to stop it from coming cat. up. Well, does that happen? Hopefully, it wouldn't. What cats come back up again? Well, not a, well, not I, alive, but like I don't know, just like natural earth movement. Do they eventually come uh, back to the surface? I suppose that's possible. It depends where you live. I think where we are, we're fairly safe because we don't get many earthquakes. Mm. Interesting thought, that one. Any, yes. Anyway, on the theme of digging. Yes. Digging through the earth again, oh, I which I know is a reoccurring topic, but I, I quite like it. I completely coincidentally, although I am beginning to wonder that uh, some of the social media outlets are in fact listening. Yes, they 100% are. Are they advertising things to you about yes, digging through the centre of the earth? Well, this was a... A little app that, uh, and I'll share the link for this, obviously, where you can put in where you are mm. and it shows where you would come out if you dug straight through the centre of the earth. That's quite cool, to be honest, actually. Which is quite cool. Mm. So where we are, near Guildford, we would come out to the southeast of uh, South Island of New Zealand. Ooh. In the middle of the ocean. So not very practical. No, I wouldn't, I wouldn't suggest trying that. No. No, because having gone through the very hot bit in the middle, mm. you then you then drown. You then drown. Basically, you'd have to swim water. very fast. Yeah, you basically. may not have to dig as far though, because obviously water levels you'll hit the water before the surface, so it's less digging. Yeah, I think the difference. Is, I don't know. Yeah, possibly less but, digging, more swimming. Yes, well, more panicking. Yes, oxygen runs out. <laughs> And I had a message from a, another listener about flying and legroom. And, uh, and he, he says, agree with you, your legroom on planes comments, but did remind me of the time I was flying home and had a kid, maybe four-year-old, next to us. Doesn't say whether it's his child or not. <laughs> so, which, is, which would be interesting. I mean, clearly they're uh, disowning it, but um, 
whether Ashley was their, their four-year-old or not, I don't know. So kid wouldn't sit down, really irritating. Mm-hmm. Eventually, it leaned over the seat in front and grabbed the man in front's hair. Oh. Trouble was, he was wearing a toupee. Oh, no. Yep, so not what I've got, mummy. And it was, I've uh, got some man's hair. Yes, I've, so got, I've got a syrup. Yes. Oh, I do feel sorry for parents with kids on planes. Because, like... There's just no, there's no way you can take them. There's no way you can escape to like get them away from people. No, but the oddity is, is children will sit and watch a film over and over again, mm. and yet put them on a plane and something yeah. in the air. I guess we we had a flight to I think it was South Africa many many years ago, and as we were coming into land, that can be troublesome with very young children because mm. of ears popping and they don't know how to to clear it. And uh, the the parents had bubbles, so they were blowing bubbles. These were really young children in cots across the, and of course the kids are going, oh look at all the bubbles, as were most of the adults on the plane. I'd be looking at the bubbles. Yeah, it was brilliant, absolutely brilliant. And I'm not the best flyer, and it distracted me completely. So that was that was quite good. Mm. I made friends with a kid on a plane once. He was three and um, I was flying home from Geneva and the flight had been massively delayed and we were sat on the plane on the runway for about an hour and a half just waiting Um, and he was good as gold, this little kid, but I had the window seat and then it was the kid and his mum and then the dad was sat on the other side of the aisle and I said to them, oh, do you want to sit all together? And they were like, no, actually, we prefer it like this because then we've got a bit of space where the, he could like stand in the aisle and hold on to both of them, which I was like, that's quite clever as well. Every single time he spotted another plane, he would like try and jump over me and look out the window and be like, plane, plane. So, to the point where I said to the mum, if you're okay with it, I'm happy for him to sit on my lap and watch out the window at the plane yeah. for the next hour and a half. And literally every time he saw one, he would look at me and go, plane i'm like yes we're sat in a plane <laughs> yeah yeah it's a shame that was the co-pilots but uh... <laughs> <laughs> yeah so mm. I, I think the thing is that uh, children uh, children uh, parents you need to get your children under control on a plane mm. whether you let them run right at home is is completely immaterial on a plane there's lots of other people and some of those people will be incredibly nervous as well yeah that's uh, the thing isn't a it? hyperactive child doing squealing and things yeah it doesn't not, help the good. nerves no no anyway that sounds like a vice so let's move on swiftly so we had a as usual massive email from davros yes many many things so he was very pleased to have a bit of information on bitcoin no idea what it is mm, i've lost Presum- a lot of money now although oh, i think it's you? going back up again it did go back up again it jails dropped quite significantly mm. and then there's a Bounce back up a bit. My, my so, partner uh, keeps going. Oh, it would have been great if we had bought it if you had bought it in August. I'm like, thanks, because <laughs> he did, or he bought it in September time. So he, although we, he's lost a bit of money, he's not under what he bought it for. Whereas I'm under what I bought it for because I bought it like two weeks ago, and now it's dropped and then peaked and dramatic. You should have bought it in August. Is the least helpful financial advice you can give. <laughs> And he's like showing me the pictures of like it going up. And he's like, but it is still going up. Because see how much it went up from August and it's still going up. It's just dropping a little bit first and then it'll go back up. And I'm like, oh, I shouldn't have bought it. But one day maybe. And Davros goes on to talk about air travel as well. 
And he says, Davros and Mrs. Davros once spent a hellish nine-hour flight back from the Maldives, very nice, mm -hmm. in the seats by the toilets. So we have some real-world advice here. Mm. Davros's strategy for air travel at that time being simply to read Private Iron's sleep. This being pre-tablet devices, so a lengthy movie was not available. But sleep was out of the question, as those passengers and their demon offspring... <coughs> Which are always the ones that seem to be... Well, the ones you notice on planes, I suppose, the demon offspring, the, the angelic ones, presumably are sat down watching... You don't even know they're on the plane. Yeah, exactly. So well, the passengers with inferior bladder control, cued by Davros's seat, jabbering incessantly. Oh, that would annoy me. Yeah. So maybe there's a sweet spot in terms of length of flight for mm. that seat position. And I guess, actually, if you're sat by the window on the back row, that's that's... That'll be okay. Yeah, you're it's not right next the, to it. Yeah, by the aisle. I never understand people who queue for a toilet on a plane. Like, you can see the toilet, so just stay in your seat until you can see it's clear and then go. Like, Yeah, but what if you've got a dicky bladder? True, or, yeah, true. You know, as my dad used to say, never pass a toilet without visiting. <laughs> what if you pass five toilets in a row? He'd, he'd visit most of them. <laughs> Obviously, Just not a block case. of five together. Yeah, yeah. They were, you know, well, about a mile or two apart. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, he wasn't one at the time, so that's highly oh, okay. surprising. Uh, anyway, Davros has a top tip, uh, which is following on from your suit tip for mm. Zoom last last week, is to do with the background. So take a photo of your real world background and slightly increase the horizontal dimensions of the image and use that as a zoom background. You would appear thinner by comparison. I, but I think I that's the wrong way round. Yes, I don't think he's quite understood that we're trying to make ourselves look bigger. Yes. So Because if you do it that way round, you're going to go and see someone and they're going to be like, you look bigger than you did on Zoom. Exactly. <laughs> and that is not what we want. <laughs> it's a bit like the telly thing, isn't it? You see people from the television and they're much smaller, with yes. the exception of Jeremy Clarkson. <laughs> but but take other people, they, they do appear quite small, some of them. Mm. And lastly, from our listeners, I had a uh, very brief conversation with Orange Marshall 2, and he was talking about resuscitation, and he used to be in St. John Ambulance and has resuscitated or attempted resuscitation um, for real. And he said he was in agony for days afterwards from the effort. Mm. Um, so it's the Q&P on a keyboard. It's, it's not, not the same. It's not enough. The skills are not transferable whatsoever. And also, to some extent, if you're doing the Zoom first aiding course, was it a work course he was doing? Yes, it was a work course. Surely that means he's then not in the office. So why does he need the training? Because he's not in the office either way. It's a box ticking exercise mm. and it makes it doubly wrong for yeah. them. I had a great first aid training and fire marshal training course at my, not my new job, my last job, because I was quite new at that job as well. Um, it was a it was a hotel chain I worked for. So we went to one of the other hotels and there was about 10 of us and um, all like in one big meeting room, had the whole day. It was great fun. I loved it. Especially the fire one, because you actually get to spray extinguishers. Did you actually put a fire out? No, they don't do a fake fire because I feel like that could get out of control. <laughs> well, you've got firemen there, presumably. No, you don't. Oh, really? It's fire marshalling. So 
the it's just an instructor on how to use things and do things. I think the guy that um, did ours had been in the army. Okay, I have a question about people that become fire marshals in offices. Yeah. So basically what you're saying is the office is on fire and mm. I'm going to be the last one out. No. Why? Yeah. Well, you've got to check everybody's out. Why would you, no, why you, would you volunteer for that? What, so you, you let your colleagues burn? No, so being a fire marshal, you it's about checking pre-fire. So everything's in place pre-fire so that when there is a fire, people follow the signs, there's light up if the electricity goes, that kind of thing rather than actually like saving people and the one thing they say to you in the course that is like this you like keep this in mind at all times is if you don't think you can put that fire out don't even attempt it like if you think for a second that you're not going to be able to put that fire out get out the building but you've just said about putting the fire out so oh yeah they show you how to use the extinguishers and stuff and you get to do them but so if you're in the office and a fire breaks out yeah say the printer bursts into flame for example are you expected to go and try and put that out first or do you just leg it whatever you feel comfortable with well what's the point of training if you're not going to put it out that's the thing isn't it the training gives you the confidence to put it out but if in the moment you don't feel confident and you want to run like i did when i set the hob on fire in the in the kitchen then that's perfectly okay that's the point is the point is rather let the building burn than you die in the fire thinking you can put a fire out that you can't yes i understand that the bit i don't understand is i thought fire marshals were there to make sure everybody gets out of the building no well yes in the sense of like so i was i was the fire marshal for my venue so like i had to walk around and check that the fire lights worked and we had like appropriate fire exit signs and that there was a obvious fire meeting point and that people so like when because we were um a dry hire venue so when other caterers and other suppliers were coming on site that they knew all of the fire information so it's a it's the fire marshal deals with like the pre-fire stuff so in the office that i haven't been to in over a year yeah they have fire marshals and they very proudly have a high-vis jacket on their chair that says fire marshal yeah that's a load of rubbish. Well, if you, well, when we have a, a fire drill, they very proudly put it on and, and swash around a lot with a clipboard, looking very official. Now, yeah. I'm assuming they would perform that if there was a fire. No, I bet you anything, they'll be the first people out the door. Yeah. Because well. they know exactly where the fire door is. Yes, quite. <laughs> they run towards it. <laughs> yeah. One place I worked at, um, there was a couple of guys there knew when the fire drill was going to take place i think we were on the sixth or seventh floor mm-hmm. so it was a real effort to get down the stairs because everybody was and you realize actually it, if yeah. there was a fire you'd be you'd be stuck. <laughs> jump out the window instead so they know when it was so they would lurk down in the reception so they just had to walk out the front door basically with a cup of coffee nice fresh coffee and, and sit around for 20 minutes while the rest of us escaped the burning building <laughs> anyway we digressed we somewhat there we did you put some interesting things on the list for this week i learned some such interesting things this week i was Very shocked good. when i i i have become a little bit obsessed not obsessed but i like to watch tiktoks they're very enticing. They're like 30 second videos. And after 30 seconds, you're on to the next one. And it's like, it's a scroll and you can't stop. But anyway, I learned this on TikTok. Well, I heard about this on TikTok. And then I looked into it because I was really interested. That um, Canada 
and Denmark have been in a war since 1984. Well, it is, it's still happening today. And, and where's this taking place? <laughs> literally, that's what I thought. And to be honest, when you hear Canada and Denmark, they are probably two of the like most polite, soft countries, aren't they? Yes. You don't I think of them so. and think of like war. So um, they are currently fighting over a place called Hans Island, which is H-A-N-S. Um, and it's a little bit of land between them. And since 1984, they have... Perf- taken it in turns i would say is probably the best way to put it to go over to the island put their flag in put a bottle of their whiskey uh and then leave again and then so if that was canada that went first then it's denmark's turn to go over to the island they take down the canadian flag take the bottle of whiskey put their flag up and leave their bottle of whiskey and this has been happening since 1984 What's the significance of the bottle of whiskey? I mean, I love that bit of the story. I feel there like there must be some <laughs> some significance to it. Just a little a little treat for when the next country go over, the army go and I wonder if they drink claim it. the land. But also, we'll, we'll put a picture of Hans Island on um, our pages because honestly, it is the smallest piece of land I think I've ever seen. I was expecting it to be like a nice little lush island. No, it's a rock. It's literally a rock. It's half a square mile, <laughs> according to Wikipedia, so, which is not very big at all. Honestly, when I read about this, I was laughing for ages, just thinking that is the politest war I've ever heard about. They include whiskey. That is astonishing. It's a very odd-looking island as well. It looks mm. a little bit like a very solid cow pad. It does, doesn't it? It's and, not much impressive. Bigger. How funny. These odd little... Trists do pop up from time to time. That would be a great quiz question. That would. So I think now I need to go to Canada for a holiday because I've always wanted to go and I might just ask a random Canadian about Hans Island and see what they say. Yes, indeed. Yeah. And see if they actually are aware that they're in a war. So you need to be a little bit careful with things like that because one side of your mother's family are Campbells. Mm. And if you go back in... Scottish history, they did some real atrocities with the McDonald's centuries ago. Oh. But some of the McDonald's have not forgotten it. And they're, you know, they're still pretty miffed about it and mm. will refuse to talk to anybody with the surname of Campbell. Obviously, it's not a problem with you because your surname's not Campbell. It's, you know, I won't it's, mention it's that when I go to, to Edinburgh then. <laughs> <laughs> Best not to, no, just in case. Just in um, case. Yeah, just in case. But, you know, these things last for generations mm. and generations. It gets passed down. Yeah, absolutely. Going back to TikTok, so Wife of Grumpy is a oh, bit of no. a golf fanatic. Yes. And these last few months have been a bit trying, to mm. be honest. So she has resorted to looking at various videos. And, in fact, whenever she's got her nose in the phone, it's generally a golf video. Okay, yeah. <laughs> Anyway, she showed me this. She said, oh, I've got this TikTok thing, which I don't fully understand, to be honest. And, and I'm not that bothered that I don't understand it. But it had a picture of Tom Cruise playing golf. Mm. And I went, oh, seems a slightly odd thing for him to do. But OK, maybe he's a bit bored, got a bit of time on his hands. Although he was shouting at people in Rome a few months ago. So yeah, maybe, maybe he stopped doing that. Anyway, I then read an article. I can't remember where it was about deep faking. 
And apparently these are all fakes, and they'll take somebody about the same shape as the person concerned, mm-hmm. and then they can stitch the face of of somebody onto their face. So it's a bit like going in the face-off machine. Yeah. And uh, they've made a video that appears to be uh, Tom Cruise, and it, and it isn't. And That's these terrifying. are getting so good, it's almost impossible to tell. He said the, the thing is, shadows on the face are a little bit different, so it looks a little bit odd. And in this case, the height of the person pretended to be Tom Cruise was a little bit higher. Because we all know famously Tom Cruise is tiny. (laughs) Very short indeed. So, yes, do not be fooled if you see, well, really any video, to be honest. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. But I guess with computer processing power and cheapness comes the uh, ability to do nefarious things. Anyway, back on the internet, I had a message from a friend of mine about a website he'd found. And I think it might be an app on the phone as well called Radio Garden, mm. which is radio.garden. And it shows you the, the globe, the earth, yeah. which you can spin round. And it shows you all of the radio stations that are available. So you can spin mm. over to Canada and pick one from Canada, which I did, and then spin back to Iceland and have something from Reykjavik. And it is brilliant. I mean, for somebody who loves radio like me, it, it's a superb thing to be able to do. So, yeah, so if you'd chop like a little change. bit of radio, chop and change. Yeah, yeah that is quite cool, spin. actually. It would be nice to have a radio roulette, so you just spin the globe and it picks one at random. Mm. But um, maybe, maybe that will come. But that's a great resource. It's really good. And Zoom, the gift that keeps on giving. <laughs> so in the paper last week was an eight-year-old who was struggling to complete her online lessons Mm. because she couldn't log on. And it took eight adults some time to figure out what she'd been doing. So she worked worked out, rather, if you put the wrong password in 20 times, it locked you out. But instead of saying you're locked out, it came back with invalid username or password. And she worked out the more she did this, the so more. she then kept on doing it the longer the period That's was. That's so funny. And she completely foxed everybody to the point where they were going, right, we'll try on another computer. No, same on that one. Oh, okay. Well, we'll go and try one somewhere else. So I went to try one somewhere else. I went to the school, didn't work at the school. That's and, so uh, yeah, funny. I, I don't know how she was rambled, but it's a brilliant, brilliant story. I have to say. She's got so, brains, that kid. She's She's got brains, but she's now in a lot of trouble. Yes, uh, I can I imagine. imagine. She's been so. catching up to do. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, what a great one to pull. So I, I might have to do that. Yeah. I'll be unfortunately use Teams. And you can get like nudged onto the meeting. I'm like, oh, oh. should be in a meeting. Anyway, back on our list, you've got Velvet Worm. Oh my God. What on earth is that? So we, I don't know if it's a new one, but spotted a David Attenborough Our Planet on Netflix over the weekend um and (laughs) we normally just have that on in the background while we're like doing other things because some of the bits are quite interesting about certain animals and stuff and (laughs) then this velvet worm came on and I was sat there like what is so interesting about a velvet worm that they've got David Attenborough talking about it it was like a rainforest animal and it's like plodding along and it looks a bit like a um like a caterpillar but kind of centipede size so it's quite big but it looks like a caterpillar so he's like explaining about what a velvet worm is and then he's like and the impressive thing in his in his david attenborough voice is that they 
shoot slime to catch their um, prey. Oh, how awesome. It's honestly, and then there's like a video of it shooting its slime out of its little um, legs at the front. And oh my God, it was the best thing I've ever seen. Just little little worms shooting slime across the forest. <laughs> and it obviously is really sticky. So the animal gets all stuck and then it just like plodles over to it and eats it. Because they're pretty slow, but they are slime shooting worms. So do you think it's been bitten by a radioactive spider? It could have been. Uh, I mean, that's what happened to Spider-Man. Well, they definitely said slime, not, like, webbing. Oh, okay. It was well, definitely maybe... slime. So, you know, like, a slug has, mm. like, it's like that. Oh, slugs are... I hate touching them by accident <laughs> at the allotment because I jump about six foot backwards. <laughs> yeah. Oh, what do I put back? Oh! Fortunately, we don't get very many. And they're quite destructive for the camera. They can munch their way through all sorts. But uh, oh, yuck! Oh, well, that's rather cool. So, yeah. Well, we'll have to find a picture of one of those. And yeah, they look and quite cute, the and they're quite small, and they move really slowly, and then pew, slime shot. <laughs> yeah, quite cute until you get slime in the face. Yeah. And, uh, not not quite as quite as nice. So you had a successful MOT this week. I did. I had a couple of advisories, but. I went to a really lovely garage. They did my um, battery for me a couple of months ago when I had a meltdown because my battery had run out and I didn't really understand what that meant. Well, it stopped holding a charge. That's, it, yeah. It but it was the original one of the cars. So, mm, it was an old battery. Well, that would be nine years old at the mm. point of replacement. So that yeah, did very did well. very well. Um, but yeah, they're, they're such lovely people and... I wasn't sure I was allowed to stay because of COVID, but they said mm. that I was because it's the MOT and how they schedule the MOTs, they allow you to stay. Because otherwise I was like, I've got to walk for like 25 minutes to get home. By the time I get home, I'm going to w- start walking yeah. back again. Um, but whilst I was sat in their waiting room, there I was like looking around. Obviously, there's always posters absolutely everywhere. But they're part of a, um, I don't know if it's a company or if it's just an online thing. Um called foxy so it's like a women's automotive or i don't know they might do more than automotive stuff to be honest but like a women's site and they sign up to it to be on there to kind of say that we won't overcharge women we won't speak down to them or we won't do any work on their vehicle before showing them a itemized quote of how much everything's going to be and kind of explaining what's wrong with the car and then that's when it clicked that's why they're so nice like it's the only garage i've been to in a long time where i don't feel like i'm being stared at yes garages (laughs) are all places yeah and i had a quick fit thing once and they the guy came in and he was like oh they're shredding on the inside of your tire it looks like we need to do a tire alignment and i was like I don't really know what that is. And he was like, oh, well, we'll do the test first. And if it comes out that you do need your tyres realigned, I'll come and let you know how much buy and how much it is. And I was like, oh, okay, cool. So they did the test and then they came in and charged me. And he was like, well, we did the tyre alignment for you. I was thinking, I sat there like, that's not what you said you would do. But honestly, none of that. They're so lovely. And when he gave me my MOT back, he was very much like, oh, you don't need to worry about the tyres now. Like, they're fine. It's just the starting of the wearing. So mm. just keep an eye on them. And if you're doing long journeys, then then make sure you check them. But he was like, about six months, you'll be fine. Whereas normally they see a woman and they're like, you need new tyres now. 
That's yeah, 80 quid. Yeah, I don't think it's uh, only ladies, but I think they're no. a fairly... Or they're viewed as a very easy target. Mm. Because, yeah. So many people just get in and drive, and that's it. That's their, yeah. the end of their engagement with the car, really. They could be fleeced for all sorts of things. Exactly, but they're very lovely people, and they passed my car, so that makes me even nicer. <laughs> so how many miles do you think you've done in the last year? So I stopped driving around April time. I reckon about 3,000. Yeah, you're not far off, actually. It's, it's about four and a half. About four and a half. God, that's crazy. Yeah, it is crazy. Compared, like, I was definitely doing at least 10 a year. Uh, well, the year before you did, you did 12,000 miles. Yeah. God, uh, that's yeah. crazy. Yeah, it's incredible, isn't it? Yeah, I, I hate to think what, um, what ours are. And my poor little car is getting so dirty because it's just sat there. I cleaned it before my MOT. But interestingly, your handbrake sticking on a bit, um, which I think is a very common problem at the moment with very limited mileage mm. being driven. And That's I what tend said. to, certainly with the classics, leave the handbrake off over the winter and leave it in gear. But a friend of mine, it reminded me of a story. He used to live in a place called Forestdale, I think it was near Croydon. And their driveway was quite steep. And it was steep enough so you couldn't get out of the car with the handbrake off and not know it. It would roll back straight away. <laughs> and I, I can't remember what car he had at the time. Um, and I, I don't want to diss a manufacturer incorrectly here. So anyway, so he gets home from work and he pulls up onto the driveway. And for some reason doesn't put the car in gear. And I don't know why. It seems a bit daft on a hill like that. So he gets out of the car, goes in. He's got the kettle on. And here's this almighty great crash. So he looks out the kitchen window, which is at the front of the house, and his car has gone down the driveway, across the road, into a little parking bay opposite, where it's hit quite a large car. It's pushed it through the back wall of the parking area, and it is now dangling over the Croydon to Brighton line. Oh, God! Yep, so he had no idea who the car was. So he, he got in his and pulled it forwards, and the the boot is other cars flapping open. Oh. He said, "So he just he just dropped a note in there, and I think the car was later recalled. The the model was recalled because of the the brakes got hot, and then you put the handbrake on, and then the whole lot sort of con- contracted a bit, so the ah. pressure on the disc Slipped. just lessened." so yeah. much that the thing then just rolled backwards oh my God. i don't think he's ever now part without putting the, the you would triple check gear. every time after that wouldn't you be like is it in gear is it in gear absolutely. yeah absolutely yeah yeah oh, incredible funny. so yeah so it reminded me of that story and talking of cars i was very saddened to uh, see the passing of Hanu mikula who was a absolutely phenomenal rally driver um he was mr audi quattro he developed with audi the the quattro that uh, did so well in the early 80s before group b was banned and before that had had driven very successfully for ford and pictures of him throwing a ford escort through forests of the world is uh it was all over the place over the weekend so that was very sad unfortunately he passed from cancer at the very young 78 and uh, I Mm. i was quite i was quite upset by that i did was fortunate enough to see him a few times whilst Trading the RSC rally in the eighties, mm. and uh, he was he was a lovely man, and very sad. But unfortunately, the uh, the my heroes are getting to that age yeah. where they're, they're beginning to to pop off. That so, um, 
Yes, but uh, lots of photos and lots of video clips of him, which is great. Um, one of the good things about Facebook is there is so much rally mm. videoing on there. It is just astonishing. And in fact, I found somebody had uh, managed to pull a copy of Top Gear, where they used to cover the RAC rally of the 80s. And you can just about see me behind William Woolard <laughs> trotting in my CNA ski jacket because it was November and very cold. <laughs> And uh, I think we'd, we'd managed to blag some sponsor passes, so we were, we were really <laughs> smug as well. Strutting but about. We were strutting. There was some strutting going on. But uh, those, were, those were great times, standing in a freezing cold forest in the middle of Wales um, and waiting for some very noisy rally cars to go past. It was, uh, it was great fun. And uh, Yes, I ought to do it again someday. Mm. Anyway, so last weekend I actually did some welding, which was quite pleasant. Ooh, did you? I, uh, yes, I had to assemble my welding table first, which oh. took a bit of time. And uh, I expected just to open the packet, and there it was. But oh no, you had to screw the whole thing together. Open, but, uh, open the packet, and a table well, just well, pop it, out. It was in a very big box. <laughs> I, was and I was expected to be assembled, but um, just no, a little tear strip down the side, and it just jumps out for yeah, you <laughs> but it's, it's got casters and all sorts and you could tip the be- the top of it in all sorts of different angles oh that's handy should you need to yeah it is quite uh, quite handy mm. so uh, yeah so i made up some brackets for charlotte's shogun's step which had detached itself from <sighs> the vehicle and then having spent probably two hours making these up, I thought, I'll just have a quick measure on the other side to make sure I've got these in the right place. And spotted that the other side had also been off and they just bolted it, just drilled a hole straight through the step and bolted it. <laughs> so could have done that in about 20 minutes. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> yeah. But I, as I said before, I love the smell and noise of MIG welding. Yeah. So it was a couple it's all good of practice as well, isn't it? it? Yeah. Yeah, it is good. Good fun. So, um, yeah. So by the time I'd done that, I was so exhausted that i got no time in the allotment at all on sunday so um, hopefully this weekend because i think we've got some wet weather coming in oh need to mow my lawn then yes if you're going to do it do it this weekend because mm. i think it's wet well it's dried from, out a bit monday. so lippy have you got a top tip for this week do you have a top tip unfortunately it hasn't been plucked from the lippy brain because well, the lippy brain hasn't thing? been working very well the last few is days is that a bad thing after the sellotape and fork incident I'm not going to lie, that wasn't plucked from the lippy brain, the sellotape oh. fork. The ones that have been better have come from my own brain. Okay, so so you're not setting high expectations for this one. I'm not, but also, this this one, it did happen to me the other day, so I feel like it's kind of linked. So if you're forgetting your password a lot, like you're really struggling to remember a password for something... You should change it to incorrect, and then when you get it wrong, it reminds you that your password is incorrect. That is, again, a ridiculous top tip. It would work, though. I've been really struggling. I've been trying to move a holiday from uh, where we were meant to be going. I thought for some reason I would be allowed to go to Edinburgh on the 19th of March, but obviously not. Um, But trying to change it all, I can't remember what I've used as password, so I have to all the password changes and then the flight changes and the hotel changes so yeah change it into incorrect it would remind me every time i get it wrong it would do except for one thing Mm. the most places insist you have characters and squiggly things and letters and numbers Mm. 
Use a zero instead of an O. Well, that's not that's not very sensible to be honest. My recommendation would be to use a password manager. So something like yeah, uh, but what LastPass. happens when you forget the password to the password manager? <laughs> well, you've only got to remember one password then, and if you're using the same password password on every site, that's a real security risk, which I could go into, but you'll glaze over. Yes, so I just will. Don't just don't do it. So I use uh, well, we've used mm. one password, which is brilliant, which I pay for. Um, LastPass, I know have a free account of sorts but it's worth every penny so i i would say as they do on tenable where the team captain has that big red button to stop someone saying stupid (laughs) i am punching the tenable red button well i can't remember what that's called it's like an intercept or something isn't it it's something like that yeah i'm just looking through some lists of common passwords to see if yours is on there and it doesn't seem to be Ooh. So a hacker wouldn't get it? Well, they would because there's only 25 on here and they don't <laughs> stop at 25. They carry on going. And it's normally a computer that does it anyway, isn't it? Absolutely. Yes. And they'll work from a dictionary. It's called a dictionary attack. Mm. Yes. So anyway, I've got a fun fact. Go on then. Is it about birth? <laughs> no, it's not, strangely. No, yeah. I've gone off those because I tend to get quite a lot of abuse about those yeah. from various people so the ancient romans used to drop a piece of toast into their wine for good health hence why we raise a toast now that is a fun fact it is a fun fact isn't it i like that i don't you don't well the problem is is toast tends to have little burnt bits on it so if you drop it in the wine lots of bits in the wine i mean i mean unless your wine's got lots of bits in it in the first place which it possibly had in roman times because mm. they didn't have It probably helped a bit with through. the taste as well, I could imagine. Possibly, very possibly. But it's a bit like when you put some butter on your toast and you need a bit more and you put the knife back in the butter. Oh, and, and it's all bitty. You just infect the... Yes, mm. there's a term for that and I can't remember what it is. Um, I, I know somebody I worked with used to get very upset about people that did that with the work butter. I, I, I remember used to get very upset when I used to carve my name into the butter or stab yes. it in the middle. <laughs> Yes, there's a there's a correct way of using butter, and that's not it. I had a uh, a meeting with somebody this morning um, who I've spoken to for a long while, and I was explaining about my haircut. Yes, and he said, "Oh no, I saw that on LinkedIn." He said, uh, "Oh yeah, I've seen your podcast as well. Are you lippy or are you grumpy?" <laughs> he doesn't know me that well. I was going to say. <laughs> <laughs> That's it for this podcast. Thank you so much for listening. You can help spread Lippy and Grumpy's view on life by leaving a review on your favourite podcast platform. If you're not sure how to leave a review, or if you download from Spotify, there's some help at lippyandgrumpy.uk slash review. And if you would like to get in touch, email podcast at lippyandgrumpy.uk. So it's goodbye from me. And goodbye from him. Goodbye.